Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Two hours in, two hours to go here on 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings, Dan Devone with you here on a Sunday, the Sunday before Labor Day. And look, everything's been heating up in the South Bay and Santa Clara with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything's been heating up all around the Bay Area. Dan, I mean, I know I know you go swimming quite a bit. You got to... What a, a a few laps in this morning. How do you deal with the heat? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Well, it's never hot, man. I'm in San Francisco. What, what heat? What is it like? Sixty five, and we all go nuts. Oh, it's up to eighty. People are losing their minds. Yeah, but in San Francisco, it's never eighty, man. It's in San Francisco, right? This is they we're always freezing our ass off every summer. I, I'm not a. I'm not a bridge and tone guy. I have no idea for those of you that are baking in the 85, 90 degree heat. It's like 68 here in San Francisco, and it never gets any hotter than this. This is sort of the world I live in. And if it does, man, we, we just throw on the old fire hydrants, you know, a little water balloon flight. Oh, you it st- sound like I'm from, like, you know, Brooklyn or something. But. Yeah, you're play, you playing stickball after the show? <laughs> <laughs> this guy happens to be the bronzest dude in the station, and he claims he never sees the sun. <laughs> yeah, well, that's from swimming. It's the reflection on the water. But. There you go. There you go. Well, we're, we're talking about Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Dan. So you, you brought up something interesting in the break, and, you know, we played some Peter King sound in the last segment having to do with he sees exactly what's going on in San Francisco with the return of Jimmy Garoppolo, how it all makes sense to him, but how he sort of fears the residual effects, especially mentally, on one 22-year-old Trey Lance who's coming into his first season as a starter. And you also were able to to listen to you know some of what Peter King had to say a few days ago on Mike Florio's podcast. And what, why did it pique your interest, Dan? Because he's pretty poignant. He just simply says, and he sort of supports. Well, anytime somebody supports what it is that I have to say, they're going to get some airtime. They're going to get some run here on ninety five seven the game. And it's simply, he says that look at the reason this is done. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Is because Kyle Shanahan felt as though. 
his quarterback, Trey Lance, wasn't giving him enough security and or was underwhelming. And you can't convince Peter King and or me, for that matter, that that wasn't the main reason as to why Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back. I think we might have the sound. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and take a listen to this on Pro Football Talk Podcast. Mike Florio, Peter King. A little bit long-winded, but we're going to get through this <laughs> together. All right, Craig, appreciate you in the back helping us out. What do we got? Mike, I think... You know, there are three distinct tributaries off this story. Number one, this never happens if they have ultimate faith in trailings. Just doesn't. I don't care what they say about we want to have insurance, uh, you know, and all this. I get it. And obviously they are a better team today with having uh, a much better backup quarterback uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so that's number one. But number two, you know, I think one of the other things, Kyle Shanahan, this is going to be his sixth year as as head coach of the 49ers, right? Every time he has failed, he has failed, or every time the Niners have failed, it's because their quarterback depth was crummy. And they did not have the ability to backstop a good quarterback with another good quarterback. And I think that was in their mind. But doesn't it also say something a lot to me about something I wrote about, Mike? This was this was the story that I did out of the 49ers training camp with Kyle Shanahan definitely being worried about how Trey Lance – who had only thrown 389 passes in football games since he left a medium-sized high school in the state of Minnesota, which is not the cradle of quarterbacks, by the way. But I'll read this to you, okay? Come on, This is from Kyle Shanahan when I visited with him two and a half weeks ago about Trey Lance and everything being put on his shoulders. Okay, Is Trey ready to take it on his shoulders? He shouldn't be. He hasn't gone through it enough. What sucks is when you're learning how to play and you're not there yet, how do you not get worse sometimes when the pressure is on you and you need to go through the growing pains? I mean, Kyle Shanahan two and a half weeks ago, Mike, was telling us that he had real concern about what exactly was going on. Do you think in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor was saying that about Joe Burrow? And so that was uh, part of part of Peter King's podcast. Part of Peter Peter King's soliloquy on uh, on Mike Florio's Pro Football Talk podcast. But the point basically is, and he was reading from his own article, but in the those were the words of Kyle Shanahan saying, in reference to Trey Lance being ready. He shouldn't be. Does that give you some pause as a 49ers fan hearing the words of your head coach talking about your QB1, a guy you're hoping can get you to the heights of Jimmy Garoppolo, if not further, in that being a conference championship or Super Bowl, does that give you pause when you hear him say, your starting quarterback should not be ready? Kyle Shanahan's telling everybody that there is a level of concern. Kyle Shanahan, and one of the reasons why... I like that sound clip or that drop of that sound bite is because in his conversation with Peter King, as Peter King laid out, and Peter King we just heard from said, 
that he was telling you two and a half weeks ago that I have some concerns about my quarterback. And voila, two and a half weeks later, Jimmy Garoppolo was back in the building. So if you can't put one and one together here, I think we're all kidding ourselves that Kyle Shanahan, again, at the end of the day, has question marks about Trey Lance. And that's why you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, if this is Zach Taylor and we're talking about Joe Burrow going into year two, does he have the same level of concerns? No. And the same can be said when you're talking about Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert going into year two. Well, yeah, they still need to develop and need, need to get some reps. Yeah. Not like this when it comes to Trey Lance and his second year in the NFL. But then it makes me wonder, and if, if you had a chance to, to listen to what Peter King said, whether it be on our station, on Pro Football Talk podcast, if you don't necessarily believe everything that you're hearing, please let us know. 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the, for the Comcast Business text line. That brings me back to Kyle Shanahan being on two timelines. Because when I hear him trying to temper expectation for his quarterback... As much as I hear him trying to maybe take some pressure off of Trey, I think with now the first five years of Shanahan's reign, going into year number six, knowing enough about him and how he likes to do things and how he likes to deflect some of the attention himself, I think that those comments are as much about don't expect a bunch from Trey in addition to if, if this season goes down the drain, don't blame me. Because my quarterback is not ready yet, or is not, you know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert level of ready, as a lot of people quickly and maybe unreasonably expect him to be. So, in a way, he's playing the two timelines. We'll find out if it's perfectly or if it's going to be a disaster, but he's like, he's kind of trying. I take away from that, he's telling me, hey, man, give me some time with this kid as much as give Trey time. Well, he created this, and the reason why is that he drafted the kid. You want to move off on Jimmy Garoppolo, fine. Sean McVay got rid of his quarterback, Jared Goff, who'd taken him to a Super Bowl. Similar scenario. It happens. But then you need to go get a quarterback who I think was a veteran. You needed to get more proactive, and you should have stole Stafford away from Sean McVay. You should have got Tom Brady if Tom Brady wanted to come here. Go get a quarterback that is your guy. If it's Kirk Cousins, get Cousins out of Minnesota. I don't even know if that's possible. But go get your guy. But don't get it via the draft. And don't get a kid that has as many question marks like that of Trey Lance. That's what we're dealing with in the here and now. I think that in retrospect, whether it was an overreaction, whether he got forced into it, finding that quarterback via the draft for a team that's plug-and-play to win a Super Bowl right now, that imbalance is what it is that you and a lot of 49er fans are trying to get their arms around. It doesn't make sense. Evan Giddings and Dan Devone here on 95.7 The Game. And I think also that's why I, I, Kyle Shanahan, it, it seems to me he continues to make this about him. I mean, if you, if you mean with you know go out and get Brady, go out against Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and he couldn't do that. And maybe if he had the chance to, and he, he would have, and it would be all flowers and roses, all great. But the one thing that, that Shanahan had not done as a coach, as a head coach, is develop and create his guy. And I think he sort of looked at, at Trey Lance, and maybe he was more 
interesting than Mac Jones because Mac Jones was kind of you, you had a better idea of what kind of quarterback he was. But I think Kyle Shanahan and I don't know if it's arrogance or confidence. The lines get a little blurred sometimes with him, but he thought that all right, I can take this kid and turn him into a Cousins or you know a a, a, a Stafford and. That's why he's he's trying to sort of let us know through through the different pipelines that hey, it's going to take time for this kid to develop. He's not maybe where we thought. Great point from the Comcast Business Text Line 510. Jimmy wasn't ready his first 5 games in San Francisco, I assume he's talking about, and those were some of his best games. You can't say anything definitive until the players play. We'll find out if Trey has those good games in him early. He'll need to potentially to keep his starting job. But this is about Kyle to me more than Trey, even more about Jimmy. It's about Kyle saying, look, this year I I want to I am in win now mode, but I also have the back door of well, my quarterback wasn't ready. I needed to bring my guy from last year back into the room just as an insurance policy. So don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at him. Don't get mad at us if this season doesn't go the way fans think it will. You could be right. I think that if you're going to develop or bring along a quarterback, then you needed to be in a different scenario in terms of where your team was at. In other words, you can't have a Super Bowl-ready team and develop a quarterback that's as raw as Trey Lance at the same time. That's where we're at. If this is the Jets, then go ahead. Develop your kid. Teach him the ropes. Let him be your protege. If it's Jacksonville, you got a couple of years. If you're the Bears, we'll give you the next three to four years. Develop your kid. The problem has always been that the 49ers are looking to win a Super Bowl in 2022, and you've got a kid that clearly needs, if not two or three, maybe longer than that, and I'll throw this caveat out there, he may never get there, which is something that you have to entertain, which I strongly do, that he may never be that guy, and he will always be inaccurate. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, taking a look at the rest of the NFC, I think that's why people do have such high expectations for this team, and why I do as well. I I wouldn't go as far as to say they will be in the Super Bowl. I think they're a playoff team. I think that from there, one playoff win, especially if it's quarterbacked by Trey Lance, to me would be the best-case scenario. You get Trey through the quote-unquote growing pains that Peter King is talking about with Mike Flory on the Pro Football Talk podcast. You get him through all of the you know kind of ups and downs that are expected of a first-year starter and that Kyle Shanahan is telling us to prepare for as fans. But looking at the rest of the NFC, I see no reason why the roster of the 49ers, along with I think that the, the you know the floor that Trey Lance is going to be at this year that should be nine to ten wins and that should get you in the playoffs. So before we take a look at the rest of the league in respect to the 49ers and especially the NFC in particular, what are your expectations for this group this year, Dan? Well, that's loaded. Again, when I look at the roster and you remove the quarterback situation, that's a Super Bowl roster. That may sound like a big statement, but in the offensive line obviously has to get better as the season goes along. But wide receivers, running back, defensive line, especially that defensive line, the back seven, as good as anybody in the NFL. And then Kyle Shannon, who I think is the best in-game play caller. I think that this is a team that could be in that conference. A lot of this stuff, obviously, you know, a lot of this stuff has to break your way. You've got to get lucky. But they, they should be in that conversation to go into a Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I think so, too. And that's why, I mean, just looking at the NFC, 
the teams that I feel like are right now at least in you know on par with the 49ers, if not above, would be the Los Angeles Rams, who we're going to see on Thursday, week one of this season. They're playing the Bills at home. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. To me, they get the benefit of the doubt. And then you look at Tampa Bay, who's Craig's favorite team in the back there. Tom Brady's coming back this year. He's got his weapons back. He's two years removed from a Super Bowl playoff appearance a year ago. I think they are in that category as well. Outside of that, Green Bay maybe? Well, yeah, I think the way this thing often is phrased right now is who's the fourth team? You go Rams, Bucks, and yeah, people, as long as Aaron Rodgers, the two-time MVP, is there, they go Rams, Bucks, Packers. Who's the fourth team? I'll start with you. Who do you think could be that fourth team this year when it's all said and done with we go Rams, Packers, Bucks? Who's number four that cracks that top tier in the NFC? I think it's the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, no doubt. I would agree with that. Then who's number five? (laughs) Well, number five to me would, and and maybe it's kind of jockeying. I know people don't have a lot of faith in the Arizona Cardinals, but I think they're a very good team. Wow. And, I mean, well, there's, there's not many other teams to look at. I think it's between them. I'm looking at Dallas, perhaps. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles apparently have, you know, by all accounts, having this amazing defense that they put together. The New Orleans Saints are kind of a wild card. Minnesota Vikings have an amazing offense. You know, but I think it's got to be the 49ers and the Cardinals. Those are the teams to me jockeying for the fourth spot. And the fact that the Cardinals do not have DeAndre Hopkins for the first 10, 11 games of the season might be the difference in why I give the 49ers the edge. Yeah, I think there's. I'm not in on Arizona. I think that thing could implode. DeAndre Hopkins out for the first four games. I'm not in on Kyler, and of course, that's a team that that's towards the end of the season just takes the pipe. They're no good. They fade quickly, and the whole Kyler Murray dust up this past off season. How's that going to play out? There seems to be some sort of riff, I think, behind closed doors when it comes to that quarterback. And the rest of the team, definitely not on board with Arizona. I think New Orleans could be interesting simply because of Kamara, Michael Thomas coming back, all those pieces out there defensively. You know, you got your man, the kid out of Cal, Cameron. Uh, Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan. Yep. Uh, that, that is a good team. Their corners are good. Linebackers are good. They are a good team on both sides of the ball. Jameis Winston is just sort of, is he going to be that 30-30 guy? Well, he could throw five touchdowns in a game. He could also throw five interceptions. Yeah, you really don't know. guaranteed. He's going to connect with somebody. Yeah. You know, uh, and Brady hasn't beaten the Saints yet. He's 0-4 in the regular season against them. You can't beat him. <laughs> that is incredible. Basically, it, so it sounds like the New Orleans Saints are to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers what the 49ers are to the Rams in the regular season. Rams can't beat them, except when it counts, of course, in the, in the conference championship. Sorry about that. But, and maybe maybe uh, the Comcast business text line for the 510, there are about 10 teams every year that are Super Bowl caliber. Last year's team was better, especially uh, with this line. I'm not sure he's alluding to there, but that's the thing. If you look at 10 teams, to me, seven of them are in the AFC. There's only three really and I think the 49ers are one of them that I would consider a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. You know what I feel sorry for in the AFC? The Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Everybody's going for them, right? That's the Super Bowl favorite. Vegas has got you the Super Bowl favorite. Everybody's targeting them. They're like, what the hell have we done? We have not even been to that Super Bowl in 30 years and have never won it. Now everyone's going after us? How fair is this? We're the Bills. Well, they, for crying out loud. They played in one of the greatest games in no, NFL history last year in the playoffs. Maybe, probably should have won that game, 
but then the Chiefs go on and lose in the conference championship. So it's like, where, where are the Bills actually at? Where is Josh Allen actually at? Where is Sean McDermott? I think it's because they play in a division. They should win. They probably will win. And so you can kind of just put them in the, into the divisional round. To me, it's them, KC. But the issue is that KC plays in the best division in football now. So you're running into the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, all of which have quality quarterbacks and great deep, all this stuff. That, to me, is why Buffalo, I think, is a little bit separated in the AFC. But I'm with you. Like Their expectations are, are, are kind of overinflated, too. Yeah, I just feel bad because it's Buffalo. It's not like they're in that thing. It's not like the Patriots. Oh, you guys win this thing every time. Of course, we're coming after you. You mentioned the best division, that being the AFC West. So... Which of the four teams does not go to the postseason? Because all four can't go. I think it's going to be. Oh, this this is going to be. T- I think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. I'm with you. I think it's going to be them. Just just That's because. <laughs> yeah, just because they have not been together, they don't have the the cohesion or chemistry than the as the other three teams. Although, as a Chargers fan, I can tell you, I'm always afraid that they'll come up a game short, and they may not be the team that makes the playoffs either. Uh, appreciate the four one five. Don't sleep on the Chargers with Derwin James back at safety. I'm totally with them, but best division in foot. Any other year, I would be able to pencil one, two of those teams into a deep postseason run, but because all four could end up going 3-3 three and three in their division, I'd say the Broncos are the odd man out, but it's 1A, 1B, 1C, and then maybe 2. I'm with you. I say the Broncos, but it could be completely wrong because Russ and Cortland Sutland and Jerry Judy, I mean, that's scary. that defense, yeah, that's scary. And this could be the Raiders' year. You whack jaw, black hole, coconuts out of your mind, drinking JD and getting lap dances during a football game in the black hole. You nuts. This could be it. Do, do, you lunatics. Do you think they still have a black hole at Allegiant uh, Stadium? The whole, or the, you, the, half the city's a black hole. <laughs> I don't know if they do or not. No, I'm sure they have some uh, but do you agree this, some momentum. This finally could be. With all those, Waller and Renfrew, and, and now you got the best wide receiver pound for pound in the league in Devontae Adams. And they didn't lose much off their defense, which was a pretty good unit last year. And who knows? I mean, this Chandler could, Jones comes over on defense. I mean, this also could be the year where, where Patrick Mahomes misses a few games. You know, he gets dinged up, this, that, and the other. And, and the three games that he misses could be the difference between the Chiefs being a one seed and missing the playoffs completely. So. I, I, that is going to be the most interesting division to watch, in my mind. In the NFC, though, I do think the NFC West is the division to watch because of the three teams, even though you don't think the Arizona Cardinals should be included. Yeah, by the way, the text line saying the Raiders made the playoffs last year with a question mark. Yes, I know they yep, did. My they did. question is, could this be the year they get to that championship game and or back to the Super Bowl? What are we getting, NFC West? NFC West. I mean, so it sounds like well, Rams, 49ers, Cardinals in that order is is how you'd stack it up. And then, of course, Seattle's in the abyss. Yes. And it's what's interesting when it comes to the Rams, who might be the most disrespected defending Super Bowl champ for whatever reason. Maybe it's a West Coast, Left Coast sort of disrespect. But for whatever reason, we think about Buffalo. There's about five teams in the AFC that come before the Los Angeles Rams. They're the defending champs that just extended their quarterback. Defending champs who just extended the best football player, quote-unquote, according to many, in terms of Aaron Donald. They got Jalen Ramsey pound for pound the best corner. You know, there's this team that went out and got the linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks, 
who finally Bobby is Wagner, Bobby yeah. Wagner comes on board. So it's funny why it's, people do, for whatever reason, have their reservations about the Los Angeles Rams. I think a lot of it hinges on the elbow of their quarterback, Matthew Stafford. If Stafford is touch and go and, and week to week, you know, that could spell the end for that team. But uh, And they've lost some players. They took some hits. You know, Von Miller, without him, are they as good a football team? No. And then these guys aren't stars. Whitworth is gone. But these are, it adds up when you think about some of the players that aren't there. OBJ, I don't think it's coming back to that football team. So they, they took some hits. Reader, I think, is gone. The linebacker, they, they've lost some guys, but it's yeah. still a very good football team. So definitely the Rams, I think, is who you're chasing. I'm just not in on Arizona. Never been on Kyler Murray in the look on that face. I, I did. <laughs> There's, you know, there's some guys, it's just like Trey Lance, I like. Kyler Murray, I don't. And I do think that that stuff reverberates throughout a locker room, man. You heard it here first. Kyler Murray, punchable face per Dan Devone, right here on 95.7 The Game. Right behind Mike Florio and, of course, Grant Cohn is on the top of that list. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're going to get deeper into who has the most punchable face in the NFL, (laughs) along with the NFC, the NFC West in particular, who some of these surprises in the National Football League might be next season, along with, of course, all of your calls, 888-957-9570. I see you, Neck, in San Francisco. Please hang on. We will get back to Shanahan and all that and more on the other side here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to 95.7 The Game. A big help from the Comcast Business text line here on a Sunday afternoon, officially into the latter half of the day. Evan Giddings, Dan Devone with you here. Craig Vantino on the board as always. From the 650, the NFC West coaches, minus Shanahan, has the most punchable faces. That's something, of course, we tossed around after uh, Dan Devone took his shot at one of the coaches. Well, I didn't take a shot. That was just fact. These are people that everyone statistically <laughs> want to punch. That's uh, uh, McVeigh, of course. Pete Carroll, Cliff Kingsbury, can't Mike punch a seventy-year-old man. He looks pretty good for seventy. I think he could hold his own. Yeah, Pete Carroll to me is not a, a punchable guy. Maybe because it's just the Seahawk hate. I get it. Does he? Messi, Messi, years too. You still want to punch him? Yeah, Messi. He's There's, taken. He's taken one too many Muay Thai classes. So I, I feel like he's fair game. 
I used to say this joke, and I should hesitate because it didn't play well when I, I did a radio show out in Seattle. Somebody I said that. It's just us. USC is sort of like France. I've never met a solid guy coming out of either place. <laughs> I, it did not play well, man. I got all these people from, from French. I'm joking here with obviously yeah, you have French, French Canadians talking. right there on the board. I thought it would have been a little tough. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, 2% man. French. I'm offended. No, you going to surrender? Or what? Oh, too soon. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, not in the 2018 World Cup. No, they did not. They did not surrender. Uh, it's uh, it's Evan Giddings and Dan Devone. If you want to chime in on the Comcast business text line, 888-957-9570. We are discussing where the 49ers stack up, both in their division as well as the NFC. Also big and actually spot on the mark here from the 415. According to the legendary Ray Ratto, both Giddings and Devone have the most punchable faces at 95-7 the game. He would probably confirm that. I am here to say Ray absolutely would say that, uh, considering he told me that earlier this week. (laughs) But as far as the 49ers are concerned, I think that they are behind the Rams. And I would also, just by by virtue of, of believing in what Tampa Bay's got going on down south, I would put the Buccaneers ahead of the 49ers. I think that they are third right now in the NFC, and they are second in their division. Where do you stand, Dan? Yeah, I don't know about the Buccaneers and that offensive line. And my man, I'm sure, Craig, you can chime into things. By the way, speaking of, you know, Craig, I'll I'll direct this to you as well. And Ev, this whole thing is still, I think, unsettled when it comes to Tom Brady and that absence and the 11 days and where did he go. And now it's coming out that he has the family issues. And that apparently Giselle is putting the foot down. I was going to say, what, what's your favorite conspiracy theory as to why Tom Brady missed 11 days? Well, the, the, the jawline and the... <laughs> come on, man. The plastic surgery. Let me just tell you that it takes a little longer than 11 days to get your face reconstructed. Are you sure? Are you from experience? You no, know this? I would just... Come on. I've spent time in L.A. Don't to, in terms of getting some sort of plastic surgery, I would think it's... It's a little bit longer than 11 days in terms of the healing process. Well, I was going to say, Tom Brady might be the only guy with a better jawline at his age than one Dan Devone. Oh, there you go. I'll take that. But apparently he's got some some marital issues. We never want to go TMZ and down the personal rabbit hole. But that could rear its head as it applies locally to Jimmy Garoppolo, because I think that's unsettled. Now, I don't know where they're at with Kyle Trask, but should Jimmy say, you know what, man, and I've dated a Brazilian woman before, and I don't mean to indict an entire continent, but, but Brazilian women, look out, man, they don't play. And she's saying, you need to come home and take care of your kids. Stop. You promised me you retired for a minute. Come on back home. And she's apparently left the house. There was an article out in the New York Post. So... I don't think that that's settled. I really don't. I might be on an island by myself, but at some point, if they get off to a slow start and he just says, I'm out, I can't do this anymore, I don't want to get pounded, and the wife is, and it becomes more publicly aware. I mean, the New York Post ran with the story that the two are at odds in terms of raising the kids, that if that grant gains more momentum, maybe he walks away. And if there's a vacancy in the middle of the season, there's Jimmy Garoppolo, and you got Tampa Bay. We talked about being a team that's going to a Super Bowl, potentially. Would that be Atlantic's? But then again, I don't know whether they'd be comfortable just saying, well, Blaine Gabbard, no, but Kyle Trask, potentially. But I would think maybe Jimmy G ends up in Tampa Bay. Now I'm getting way ahead of myself. No, but I, I think that is a hypothetical, not necessarily to Tampa Bay specifically, but there is a hypothetical there with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the reason in reality, which we could find out come week Three, four, five. If Trey Lance demonstrates that he has this under control, 
Jimmy Garoppolo then becomes a $6.5 million tradable asset for the 49ers. I mean, that's something that we actually have not talked about today. The potential of him coming back, returning with hopes in not of playing in San Francisco, but playing if Jameis Winston can't get the job done in New Orleans, playing if someone goes down outside of the division, playing playing potentially for, you know, if Tom Brady doesn't have it, Tampa Bay wants to bring him in. There are scenarios in which Jimmy Garoppolo could be moved. And just because there wasn't a, a potential landing spot spot for him this offseason does not mean his contract now which is you know a lot of people hypothesize that it was the reason why he wasn't moved was he's making 24 million dollars now he's making six and a half now he could be on his way out but i i I just don't know if that's the body language i'm getting from kyle when when we hear him talking to peter king about how our guy is is basically not going to be ready or up to the challenge immediately when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, however, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Kyle. In other words, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, and let's just say they are 4-4 four and four and Trey remains your starting quarterback, and then one of those scenarios that you just mentioned pops open. Jameis Winston, something unforeseeable of a good team. Somebody goes down with an injury, and we need a quarterback, and we want Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo recognizes that's a team I can go, showcase my skill set, I can win, and then I can put myself in the best position to get paid in 2023 as an unrestricted free agent. Then Jimmy G is going to have some leverage like, let me walk, let me go. There's the team. They're going to give you some draft capital, which is something you couldn't get a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago. What is Kyle Shannon going to do if his quarterback is still sort of, eh, you know, not necessarily good, but not necessarily bad, but he remains the starter and Jimmy G's the backup? Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I also think that there's like I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo has actually like if this is the best situation for him. I mean, he, like he, if he had gotten moved, people have talked about this week that okay, Jimmy now gets to kick the can down the road as far as his free agency upcoming 2023. He sets himself up to where he doesn't have to quarterback a terrible team like Seattle, or he doesn't get traded to one of the bottom feeders outside of the division and then hurt his stock entering free agency next season. I, I think the reason why no one has tried to trade for him yet is one, there hasn't been a need, but two, we haven't seen the guy throw. We don't know what he looks like on the field. And there's been some reports about what he looks like at practice. We heard about that this week. But you don't know until you get him in a game. And so I just don't know if Garoppolo, like if this actually is the best place to maximize his value moving forward. I I could see the case either way. And I kind of err on the side of I would rather, if I'm Jimmy, be a starting quarterback for a team even if they're bad because – Trey Lance is going to be what he's going to be this year. But if he's anywhere close to what Jimmy G was last year, Garoppolo's not going to see the field, and he's going to enter free agency next season, next offseason, with the same amount of question marks he had this offseason. I wouldn't go to a lesser than. Because if you struggle, you throw picks, your numbers aren't good, you're not going to get paid, and it's going to validate a lot of those questions I think a lot of people had of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's doing it perfectly in terms of his, you know, his future going forward. And that is just be patient. Be patient and get paid. 
be patient and you're not doing it on the sidelines, but you're with the football team, you may get an opportunity to play. And if I don't, but I continue to stay with this team, I'm getting a paycheck, and I'll just wait for that opportunity to present itself. If you're with Seattle, I mean, look at Baker Mayfield a year ago. Baker Mayfield decided to play through pain. Baker Mayfield decided I'll do the right thing and gut this thing out even though my shoulder is a complete mess. And what happened? It devalued you know, his legitimacy as a starting quarterback. Everybody had questions with him where he finally, you know, he had to go to Carolina because that was his, essentially that was the last exit for him. So playing for anybody and under pain, not that Jimmy, we don't know where Jimmy Garoppolo is at in terms of his shoulder, but my point being is that deciding that you just want to play for the sake of playing can backfire in the case of Baker Mayfield a year ago. I think one of the problems you guys are going to run into is when you see this is he really, you have to find a team that's on a Super Bowl run for him to be moved because Niners got two boxes checked with him. You get a capable backup, plus you also get a third round compensatory pick at the end of the season once he leaves. So if I'm already getting the third round for you when you walk, that means somebody's got to give me a second or a first for me to get rid of you. It makes no sense for me to get rid of you for a fourth when you can stay and I can get a third. So they're going to have to find a team, like I said, that's like, this guy is the Super Bowl piece for us missing. So whoever, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's only a couple handful of teams that if they lost the quarterback, you could plug them in and be like, like you said, maybe Tampa, maybe something along those lines. Not Seattle, not those guys. They're going to be looking for Bryce Young in them next year. So he, like, so they're not going to give up second rounds of first round picks for, for a Jimmy. So that's why I say it's going to be really tough for him to be able to go to, go to a winner unless, like I said, it's a, somebody goes down and it's a Super Bowl running team. If not, he's going to be here for the Niners because they get not only a capable backup quarterback, you also get a third-round pick just by having them. Well said, Craig. No, it, it absolutely makes sense on paper to get Jimmy G back. It make, even makes sense like he laid out for him to remain patient and get paid. But I could argue that if he comes in and plays, and I think we're both on the same page that if Jimmy Garoppolo has to start for Trey Lance due to him being ineffective, non-productive, it's going to be Jimmy's team for the rest of the season. You can't go back once you've gone to Jimmy G. If he does not play well, if he plays, you know, you're talking about, you know, more picks than touchdowns, doesn't have the same numbers, maybe his arm actually is, you know, long term hurt, and that gets, I feel like there's just as much potential for him to hurt his value in San Francisco than, than elsewhere. The only difference is that he's not starting out as being the guy. Yeah, but all things being equal, and if you were to sort of perv- look at the landscape, isn't my best chance with San Francisco? I know these guys. I know the system. And if I'm going to play and play well, it's going to be here. How about this? When Jimmy G was weighing his options, and maybe he didn't even share this with Don Yee, his agent, when he was weighing his options of where it is that he wants to go, and the 49ers came and knocking, and think about it. Houston was a potential landing spot. There was talk of him going to Seattle. You know, there's talk of him potentially backing up Stafford. When he's thinking of maybe going in as his backup or a guy that's got to prove himself, maybe he's got to beat out Davis Mills and do some things. Jimmy G, I think, looks into the mirror, has that conversation with himself saying, you know what, San Francisco is the best place for me because that's a team that can go to the Super Bowl. Not only that, It is a team that I'm familiar with in terms of the playbook and the personnel. And and here is, give me the drum roll, because this is what I think puts it over the top for him. I can go to a place where I know that quarterback intimately well, 
better than Kyle Shanahan because I'm the dude throwing with them every day. And you know what? I can beat his ass out, and I will. There will be an opportunity for me to play with San Francisco. He'll never say that to Trey Lance. He'll never say that publicly, nor should he because he's a nice guy. But I think in his most inner thoughts, he knows that San Francisco is the perfect spot because he'll go in as a backup, but he has his best shot of playing because Trey Lance is more vulnerable than anybody. Well, we heard Jimmy Garoppolo this week talk about just that, and here's what he had to say. If that's going to take a blow to your ego, you got you got to check your ego a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, I think you got to know who you are in this league, who you are as a player, who you are as a person, and I think that's going to carry you a long way. So that's why I'm really not too concerned about that. You got to know yourself. You he's know. a good-looking self, by the way. <laughs> he, I don't know. It looked like he might have put on a couple LBs, Dan. Well, what did Peter King and who was it, Florio, saying? He's yeah. got no neck, right? He's got uh, Takeo Spike's neck. No, I saw him for the first time in, what, seven months? I'm like, God, he's good-looking. I'm secure in my sexuality to say that that is a good-looking man. He is Jimmy GQ. Wow. I wasn't even, I was like a, a school kid. I wasn't even listening to what he had to say for the first five minutes. I was just slack-jawed. Well, and the fact we hadn't seen him the entire offseason, I think just even stamped home the point. They're <laughs> like, wow, what the... That that's right. That is what this guy looks like. I mean, this is what he talks like. He speaks with the confidence, and I feel like you know he he just he understands the situation. For for as much as people have kind of labeled him jockey and you know a little frat boyish and this that or the other, he's got the whole porn star thing going on from from years back. But like he does to me, Jimmy Garoppolo, where he excels is in the department of feel. Like, he knows and he can feel out the situations from a, prof- from a professional perspective better than most quarterbacks. And maybe he learned that in New England. Maybe he learned that just from being a small-time quarterback and he's had to work his way up. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he's just great. He's just a good guy. He's a great-looking guy. He's just a fantastic individual. But I think that his strength of you know figuring out exactly where I fit in this situation, and specifically in San Francisco, it does deserve some respect. And uh, we're going to go out to the phone lines right now, check in with Neck from San Francisco. He called in earlier. Appreciate you calling back. You want to talk about Shanahan, Neck. What's going on? You're on with Evan Giddings and Dan Devone. Yeah, Shanahan. So many mistakes. Unforgivable stuff. He's not been proven to, to outcoach in the second half. His drafts have been... Solely offensive because he wears them all out, gets them all hurt. Everybody's moving around. But the, for the same reason I can't get rid of my head coach is the same reason everybody shouldn't be getting rid of Jimmy. But it's too late. Fly away, Jimmy. Spread your wings. Go play <laughs> in the playoffs. He has been thrown around for three years. All the same people. Get rid of Alex Smith. Same people. I love Kaepernick. Same people. Get rid of Kaepernick. Same people, I love Garoppolo, and now the same people. But this guy has had to play with all this on his back, with a coach that has publicly said that he doesn't trust him with certain plays, and he's going to shop him around, and he's no longer going to be representing us. And now what? Oh, my goodness, he could never backpedal and say he was wrong. That's never going to happen. Let's hope Trey can somehow stay around 500 for the till 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 the break. Let's hopefully he can he can stay healthy. I don't know why he hasn't played. That's a scary fact. 
that he has not played for a year again. And uh, uh, we could have used him throughout the year, a couple of plays. Uh, Jimmy's the genius. Uh, not, uh, Kyle's the genius, right? Well, how about where's your fancy plays? You can't use him for three or four goal line shots or a trick play in midfield once in a while. That's what he's good for. Running quarterbacks. Let's check it out. They have not won a Super Bowl. They don't win championships. They get slammed by the best defenses. Oh no! So that was uh, that was that was neck in San Francisco. Sorry for for the quick hook. He was about as mad at Kyle Shanahan as Aaron Boone was at the home plate umpire earlier on in this <laughs> uh, this game in in Tropicana Field. A, a lot to get into there. We appreciate it. We've got a couple more minutes here before the top of the hour, heading into the final hour, taking you all the way up until two o'clock here on ninety five seven. The game, Evan Giddings and Dan Devone. I do see where Neck's point about Shanahan kind of. Giving himself is it neck as in a body part. I don't know what other neck he's, he's okay, talking about. Yeah, neck, right. no, turkey neck, duck. I don't know. But I do. I do see where he's coming from. Kyle Shanahan has kind of built in these outs, and we touched on one earlier in the show with Peter King feeding him the you know the message about how Trey Lance, in reference to if he is ready, well, he quote shouldn't be right because he hasn't had the reps. And to me, that speaks towards Shanahan's, you know, sly and and some some would say intelligent ability to temper expectations for his quarterback that Kyle Shanahan is inextricably tied to. So if you're going to give Trey the benefit of the doubt, you also need to give me the benefit of the doubt. That's what it sounds like. Well, Neck, I have a hard time referring to a grown man as Neck. We'll call him Nick. How about that? Was it Nick? No, I think it was Nick. All right. <laughs> I I think that when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, I really don't think I don't think he cares. I think that, you know, as much as coaches say I don't read the papers and I don't care what the media think and you know, once you once the crowd's dictating what you do as a head coach, you gotta watch out because it won't be long before you're sitting with them, right? Isn't that the old phrase? Mm-hmm. I, I I think Kyle Shanahan is one of those guys that really does not care. I think he's wired that way, where he's just like, I'm doing my own thing. Which is why he probably went out and got Trey Lance. Which is why he brought Jimmy Garoppolo back. He ain't listened to any of this crap. I don't think, I don't think what we say or public sentiment moves the needle when it comes to, to his thinking. And especially, I don't think he thinks beyond the Chicago Bears. Unless you're talking about Seattle in two weeks. I think he's about winning a Super Bowl this year. I don't think he's as calculated as to, well, i got to think, what's my exit strategy should this not win? Oh, let me just blame it on Trey Lance. I, I just don't think he has that sort of depth. I think he's, he's a one-trick dude, and that is, I'm here to win and win a Super Bowl. And, and all this stuff that we're yapping about is just that. It's just not, none of it's registering. Come on, man, I play Kyle um, Shanahan. He's yet to call in and say, knock that off, or at least try and, you know, let people win on playing the under. He's got more ums than ever, which tells me he's not listening to the show, Craig. Well, I'm totally with you. I don't think Kyle Shanahan cares what you have to say, what I have to say, what anyone around this town's got to say about him. But then my question is, why should we believe in you? Like, like <laughs> what have you done for me to believe that you are creating a quarterback situation, scenario, room, whatever you want to call it, that has never been put together. It's the most unique situation I can recall in the NFL. We've talked to different quarterbacks in the station throughout this week. Folks have talked to Phil Sims. They've talked to Warren Moon. They've talked to Mike Holmgren. They've talked to guys who have been 
in the trenches, on the sideline, and no one can come up with a, a comp to this situation, why is Kyle Shanahan the guy that's going to pull it off? Maybe Suzanne from, from Walnut Creek can help us take out the rest of this segment. She's got some problems with the 49ers, maybe a problem with Kyle. Suzanne, you're on 95.7 The Game with Evan and Dan. What's going on? Hi, good morning. Well, or is it good afternoon? But um, either or. I listen to this show every day, and and I I watch the football game very closely. I live by myself, and so I am I'm fascinated with this whole thing, this circle of events. You know, I never saw Jimmy Garoppolo as being anything other than like uh, who can we call him? Like a movie star on a football <laughs> field, you know. Maybe he's he's like, and and he's scared. He's scared to get hurt. I've always seen fear in that guy's eyes. He's very happy to sit on the sideline and get paid. I think that is basically the number one problem with Jimmy. I think Trey Lance is going to be great, and it's great to get some new blood in there. Uh, the the, the uh, offensive line sucks, and Kyle Shanahan is, is really hasn't proven himself to be anything but like a wimpy coach. So I'm all for Trey Lance this season, and Jimmy will just be happy to sit on the sidelines. You don't have to talk him into it. You know he he doesn't like it. He's scared. Well, Suzanne coming in with uh, six in the chamber. She's got one for Jimmy G, got one for Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan, the entire 49ers organization. I didn't see the offensive line sucks coming the offensive from a mile line Outside of Trent Williams, who knows? He could catch a bullet, too, from Suzanne and Walnut Creek. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. Why should you believe in Kyle Shanahan? Why should you believe in Trey Lance? Why should you believe in the 49ers making a run here in 2022 into the playoffs and further? We're also going to get into a conversation about the GOAT, because there was one that wrapped up her career in Serena Williams this weekend, and I think I got a case to make for her being the GOAT among athletes in this generation. 888-957-9570 if you want to talk to Evan Giddings. Dan Devon, we're back with one hour left, up until 2 o'clock right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.